93.9 The Eagle, broadcasting live from the Zimmer Radio Group World Headquarters. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry. ready for interviews with movers and shakers from our community as we dive in for a deeper look inside Columbia. Now, here's your host, Fred Perry. And welcome to the CEO Roundtable Show. Glad that you've tuned in this weekend. Uh, very pleased to welcome two folks from the Regional Economic Development, Inc. office here in Columbia uh, to join our program. The president of Ready, uh, which stands for Regional Economic Development, Inc., uh, is Stacy Button. Stacy, great to have you here. Thank you. Appreciate it. And a familiar voice to a lot of people here in Columbia, Jay Sparks. Uh, Jay, uh, who is the entrepreneurship uh, coordinator from Ready. Hello. How are you? I'm well. Good to have you both here. And uh, lots of stuff uh, to talk about. Um, I thought maybe we'd start off and just talk a little bit about, um, Stacey, I had you on uh, back in uh, in November, not mm-hmm. too long ago, but a lot of things have been happening since then. But mm-hmm. talk a little bit about the scope and sort of the purpose and mission of Ready. What uh, What is the primary f- focus? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if I had to capture that in one word, it'd be jobs. Um, yeah, good but one. yeah, but with that, we have three different programs that we focus uh, staff efforts on: uh, business attraction, so that's bringing in uh, large companies like most recently Swift, uh, Prepared Foods, Aurora Organic Dairy, American Outdoor Brands. Um, our second program is business retention and expansion. So, of course, we help uh, businesses large and small um, expand their footprint or uh, workforce. Uh, development, uh, training opportunities. And then, of course, the third program, which is great that we have Jay here today, is to talk about entrepreneurship. Um, that's been a big focus of our efforts. We now have three staff members that are dedicated wow. to that program. So yeah, that one's grown by leaps and bounds. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some of that, uh, mm-hmm. Jay, real quick, because um, uh, I know uh, that the um, uh, under that entrepreneur uh, you know heading uh, is the Minority Business Program. Yep. Uh, Talk a little bit about that. You got a guy named Ray Hall that's heading that up for you. That was a former client, correct? <clears throat> uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he he came into the program as a client for his um, uh, nonprofit uh, child, you know, kid organization that he runs uh, called Dream Tree Academy. Mm-hmm. Uh, was was like I said, one of my clients, and then uh, came on board as the minority business coordinator, uh, and 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 has really just hit the ground with. Oh, so much energy, making me look bad at every turn uh, with, with all of his, his go-getting uh, uh, boots-on-the-ground mentality. And everyone in the community knows Ray. Right. Uh, what, what was yeah. the old show, right? Everybody loves Raymond, right. and it's it's the same yeah. vibe, right? Yeah. It, it, everybody in town knows him, and he has brought such a wealth of, of different clients and people into our offices and, and looking for the services and resources we provide um, and, and really has cleaned up that directory that, that exists on the oh, city yeah. webpage. Yeah. It's been great. Yeah. What would you say is his, the primary function of that office? Uh, what what uh, is the goal? What's Ray's goals for minority business? It it's definitely that outreach. It's that yeah. outreach and intake. It, yeah. it's, you know, how do you you set up that? You know, you you can do a lot in the community if you throw open your doors and you say we're being inclusive, and then you sit. There, yeah. you, you can do that, but that's not really accomplishing your goal. Mm-hmm. And and Ray's job is to help us meet that goal in that that more proactive way, and yeah. and and to really be that liaison to bring folks in. And 
he's a great business coach. He's a yeah. great coach in his own right. right. And, and yeah. he has really flourished in that space. Now he got his feet under him a little bit with the, the job side of things. He's really come into his own as a coach. It's, yeah. it's been really great to watch. Yeah. And I think too, if I can yeah, just step do. in, yeah, yeah. um, really it's providing resources, um, as, as Jay mentioned, Ray has a tremendous network. And so getting all of those resources into the hands of the minority businesses mm-hmm. um, that are just starting or, you know, perhaps they're more well-established, but um, through the coaching, through the different resources and networks uh, that Ray has, it really is, um, you know, helping them scale and grow yeah. here in our community. It's interesting. If you were to ask me, you know, I published a business journal here in town for mm-hmm. years, but if you were to ask me to name uh, all of the black-owned businesses in Columbia, mm-hmm. I could maybe name five. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife and I and son went over to the Minority Business Fair at Columbia College mm-hmm. a couple months ago, yeah, and we expert. walked in the door, and we're like going, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? There are like 80 businesses yes. in there. And yeah. so a lot of them we'd never heard of, uh, but you know, a lot of them are just very valuable uh, services uh, that you would use every day. Some of them are really uh, small niches, but mm-hmm. uh, but it's really, there's a pretty healthy minority business community uh, in this community that, yeah. that really a lot of us just don't know about. Yeah. And so... And the the directory that Jay mentioned, I think there are 240, wow. 242 minority yeah. businesses listed on that directory. Yeah, yeah. So. We're, we're living in a very uh, political, uh, divided era where the where the words diversity, uh, inclusion, uh, and equity get thrown around a lot. But uh, you mentioned in a previous comment, Jay, about the importance of inc- or inclusion, or if a business promotes inclusion and then does nothing about it, but. Help us kind of understand, uh, just sort of put it into layman's terms. What are the benefits of, um, of diversity for a business or inclusion for a business? Uh, what are some of the, the, the residual benefits that, that trickle down into your normal business operation? You know, I think uh, anytime you can bring in different perspectives, you're, you're really ahead of the game. Uh, the, every business now has to be agile. You have to be flexible. Mm -hmm. You never know what the world's going to throw at you next. A pandemic, a recession, workforce issues, right? Uh, You you never know. And, and, and when you, when everyone is, is of a similar vein and a similar mindset, you're kind of only going to get similar answers Mm -hmm. a lot of the time. And so that perspective is really, really valuable. Mm -hmm. Um, and you 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 honor and and build more to the community as a whole. I mean yeah. I mean if if you had a target market of of X number of people, but you said, well, I'm only going to market to sixty percent of X or seventy percent of X. Well, why would you do that, right? Why why would you not want to market to to the whole demographic that right. you you were aimed at? So if you're a local business in Columbia, why would you knock off for no reason, you know, 12 to 15% of yeah. of Columbia? There's no reason for that. Yeah. So I think it's it's a really good step to to just again, you 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 expand and bring a new perspective and and really put people in a space where they they kind of are forced to know more about their own community. Yeah. Good. Um the last time Stacy and I talked, uh, there was talk about uh, creating a position to work with refugees mm-hmm. uh, in yes. the community, and I think that was also the entrepreneur under the entrepreneur mm-hmm. programs. Yep. Uh, Stacy, give us a quick update on that. Yeah, love that. Super excited. Um, very similar to Ray, um, we hired Valerie Berta, and she is our global entrepreneurs mm-hmm. coordinator. And so with that, she focuses her program on refugees and immigrants mm. uh, that are looking to start a business. Yeah. So Valerie has hit the ground running on that as well, um, getting some events out there, some outreach efforts, um, and really working to establish trust uh, within those um, communities and neighborhoods and uh, populations. And 
and and with that, you know, helping them start a business yeah. and get established here. So um, we're super excited about that addition yeah. to the team. And because you know you you focus on retention and expansion of local businesses that are established, uh, one of the things you hear a lot from those manufacturers out on Route B is that wow, we could sure use more workforce. Mm-hmm. We could sure and, and sure. the refugee population has really, from what I've been told, has mm-hmm. really fed into that workforce yeah. need uh, and. Uh, uh, and you know what's what's really interesting is, and I hate to stereotype, but but there is a tremendous work ethic that comes with mm-hmm. the refugee population that uh, I think a lot of employers Absolutely. find very attractive. Yeah, they bring a tremendous skill set. Yeah. So whether they're looking for employment or, again, they want to start their own business, mm-hmm. um, there are a lot of opportunities uh, across the region. Yeah, so. yeah. So much of this stuff gets politicized, and I, I think it's sort of, uh, you know, you you people confuse uh, refugee integration into immigration issues on the southern border and and you know the diversity equity inclusion um, you know into more political things and so it's really but they are all of those things are very essential parts of of, uh, of sort of the economic engine that runs our community yeah, it's and, the fabric of yeah, our community yeah. is the diverse populations that yeah. we bring and and experiences yeah. and and with the with the refugee and immigrant you know populations it's not just about Colombia is not a town that can afford to say, come in, put your head down, learn the language, assimilate, get a job, thanks, bye, high five. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, th- there, there's an incredible amount of education, there's an incredible mm-hmm. amount of culture, there's an incredible amount of know-how, knowledge uh, that, that come with immigrants and refugees in into our town. Yeah. And Columbia needs to celebrate that, and, yeah. and that's what the entrepreneurship side is to not say, just go be a part, but but start your own part. Yeah. And, and I think that's really the important part of where Valerie steps into. And I have kind of a myopic view about it because uh, I, I think about the the food things associated mm-hmm. with the with the refugee population, and I think about the restaurants and the grocery stores that yes. we've added over the last five or six years, uh, thanks to this uh, refugee population mm-hmm. that has come into our. And so that's that's really one of those benefits. Jay, give us a quick update on the hub. Uh, what's uh, going on, Thub? How many clients? <laughs> how many clients? What's not going on, Thub, right now? Does he look Jay, tired? Yeah, he Jay's, does. Jay's <laughs> sanity sometimes yeah. is not going on at the hub. Yeah. Well, we have crossed. 130 clients wow. at the hub. Uh, uh, up from what? I mean, a couple of years ago, it seems like there were maybe 30 or 40. When I took yeah. the job two and a half years ago, we yeah. had 20 hub clients. 20. Uh, after and one year, we had seen 200% growth. So we had yeah. 60 in, and now at two and a half years, um, we're at 130 yeah. hub clients. Mm-hmm. How much would you attribute that to the to the pandemic? I think there's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of folks had some time on their hands to think about, you know, maybe I don't want to go back and clock in at, at, a, at a job yeah. again. Um, and I think there's some of that, but I think also just Columbia has done a great job of marshalling their resources yeah. and putting out that the resources are available and where to find them. Mm-hmm. And so the folks who might have been toiling away uh, on, in their spare time in their garage or in their basement or online, thinking about it, yeah. instead of just thinking about it and being passive, they're taking an active approach to it and getting out in the community and, and taking advantage of those resources. Yeah, that's a uh, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Fred. No, I mean, interrupt. No, but uh, I was going to say too. I think the shift that we saw during the pandemic, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jay, but pre-pandemic, I think a lot of the startups were tech related oh, yeah. uh, businesses. Mm-hmm. And um, in the midst of the pandemic, when we saw a significant increase in hub clients, it was more not for profit. It was community-based mm-hmm. initiatives. It mm-hmm. was um, starting a business that. W- 
you know, would help change the culture. The, 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 there was a separation yeah. between startup culture and entrepreneurship culture. Right. And, oh. and, and I think, I think the difference now is, is, is it noticeable? Yeah. If you talk about startups, you're talking about those, those hockey stick seeking, um, you know, you want your graph to hockey stick yeah. and, and really mm-hmm. find that growth piece. That's more of a startup, but entrepreneurship exists in so many different forms that can be a mom and a pop yeah. food store. It can be a commercial cleaning business. It yeah. can be yeah. just paying your bills and getting through without yeah. clocking in for somebody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It can be a, just a new approach for a business that's been in business for years. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. All right, Jay, I always like to get you in trouble if I can. So yes. I'm going to ask okay, you good. to uh, talk about oh, two here we go. hub clients. Oh, uh, I have to pick uh, favorites again. Uh, <laughs> two hub clients that are, that are doing something that you think would be- I didn't be know a, that was part of this program. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, two hub clients that are, that are doing something that you find particularly interesting that, that our, our listenership uh, would be interested in knowing more about. The first one everybody needs to know about is Kelsey Hammock. Uh, okay. She has started a business called Partner for Better. Um, Kelsey was the executive director of First Chance for Children here oh. in town for a long time. She wrote yeah. a bunch of grants. She was really good at it. She was going back to grad school and she said, you know what? I could make some money on the side by writing some grants for people. So I'm just going to do that and make a little extra money. Wow. So she came to the hub and said, I want to start doing this. I'd love a place to meet people. We said, let's do it. Um, and now about seven months later, um, she blames me because she's looking at franchising. She's hired three people. Wow. Um, and things are just, she's got a, and she's barely able to keep up with grad yeah. school. So she well, blames me for that. Yeah. And I will take that every time. I'm Mia Culpa. Um, I will take that. You tell her to stick with you and she won't need grad school. <laughs> no, no, she's we, wasting time in grad school. We always encourage the yeah, grad school. Yeah. We never, never, never go the other way on that. Um, and then separately, I, I don't have a single person, but I've had a running theme for about three or four different people over the last mm-hmm. month, month and a half. Um, folks who come in who say, I have a certain skill set. I'm not necessarily trying to start a business, but how do I help entrepreneur? I want to join in with an entrepreneur and, and lend my assistance. And, and if that means I get paid in some way or as a consultant, that's fine. But I have this set of skills that I want to contribute yeah. to an entrepreneur. Yeah. And I've had three or four of those. And that's been really freeing and interesting to me because they don't have businesses they, they don't have a business card printed or whatever they're yeah. just them but they they have this ability to want to come in and just sit with an entrepreneur and yeah. listen to their problems sometimes it's tech sometimes it's finance sometimes it's different things but but uh, i've had a run of three or four or five folks over the last like i said month month and a half folks who just want to come in and help yeah. and it's been so awesome that, that folks are in that space so for lack of better words they're consultants in some in some yeah, respects yeah entrepreneurial <laughs> consultants yeah and so what if, if for people listening to this program say oh maybe i could do that uh, yeah. What are what are some of the skill sets that are missing that that entrepreneurs typically are looking out for? Uh, yes, um, yeah. yes. Every every. Well, we know skill bookkeeping set. is one of them for sure. sure. You know, sure, finance sure. Is, is, HR. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Lawyers. If you got lawyers that are listening, that would take yeah. a meeting, even yeah. if it's just just to kind of uh, an exploratory give yeah. give somebody the mm-hmm. the compass rows of yeah. where they're at. Um, all those kinds of things that seem really financially daunting to someone who's setting out on their own as a, as a solopreneur or an mm-hmm. entrepreneur, um, I think are, uh, would be, would be super helpful. And, and I could definitely put people in contact with, with, you know, great entrepreneurs who are hungry and really striving and trying, uh, who need those services. Yeah. Yeah. I consider it paying, paying it forward. Yeah. A little right? bit, a little yeah. bit. Right? Yeah. yeah. If you've a, got time on your hands yeah. and you want to give back to another person who's starting a business or, you know, yeah. getting established. And the reward is always greater than doing it for yourself the first Absolutely. time. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just feels better and, and yeah. so forth. But we are visiting with Stacy Button, who's the president of Columbia's Regional Economic Development, and Jay Sparks, who heads up that organization's uh, entrepreneurship programs. And uh, we're going to talk about one of Stacy's other responsibilities <laughs> when we come back, and that is Columbia Regional Airport. So we'll give you a quick update.
on how the new terminal is doing and some other things that might be percolating along. Uh, all of that and more is coming up on the CEO Roundtable. I'm Fred Perry. You're listening to 93.9 The Eagle. That whispering in the trees It's two cities and they're only Pipes and chains and swinging hands Who's your daddy? Yes, I am Bad cat came to play Now you can't run fast enough You best stay away This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable Show. Fred Perry, your host this weekend. We are visiting with Stacy Button, who is the president of Columbia's Regional Economic Development, and Jay Sparks, who heads up the entrepreneurship programs at Ready and Beyond. And lots of things to talk about. One of your responsibilities, Stacy, is you are responsible for Columbia Regional Airport. And I'm sure there are good days and bad days to have that <laughs> title, but uh, mostly good lately. A lot of Absolutely. good things happening at, at our airport. And, and you know, I think uh, years ago, I mean, two or three years ago, if you were to say, yeah, we're going to have a brand new terminal out there and, and uh, we're going to have jetways and all that kind of people would say, yeah, right. Uh, but boy, the airport has come a long way. It has. You know, in, yeah, it's in been really exciting. a short period of time. Yeah, thank and so, you for that. Give us an update on what's, uh, sure. what's happening out there. The response, uh, the last time I had you on, you had just opened the new terminal. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, so as you look at the terminal today, uh, is there anything you're saying, yeah, I wish we would have thought differently about this, or I wish we had done this differently, or I wish we had made it bigger? Uh, any any reaction like that? Uh, or how about yeah. the reaction of, I'm glad we did that? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Great question. Um, no, I, honestly, it has just been tremendously positive feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, it did take you know roughly five years to get through that mm. process. Yeah. Um, I'm just now catching up on my sleep a little right, bit so right, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah the planning process you know with faa um and all the different agencies that are involved mm-hmm. and then design and the construction of it itself um did take just about five years but um you're yeah. getting a little bit of a, a piece of lodging tax for that is that correct or no are there, is there a tax for the airport i'm trying to remember so yeah good question yeah. so actually there was um a temporary one percent tax um on the hotel motel industry for construction Okay. of the airport terminal. Is that still around? So, uh, yes. Okay. Uh, I don't remember when it sunsets, okay. but um, it was capped at $10 million. And again, I don't remember what year it sunsets, yeah. but okay. uh, specifically, but yeah. And it's dedicated purely for the construction yeah. uh, to pay back the bond. Yeah. So. And uh, give us an update on parking. Yes, we just opened a new parking lot. Okay. Um, so we have additional parking spaces there. And um, as we enter in kind of the next phase of the construction, because we finished the um, initial building, right, the terminal, yeah. um, we will be uh, renovating a smaller building that exists just south of the terminal. Um, and that's going to be for a rental car facility. Okay. Um, it will also house administrative offices. But in addition to that... Um, aspect of this next phase of construction we're also going to be um uh asphalting the different parking lots that Ah. we have and um putting in some additional you know drainage and landscaping and that sort of thing so working kind of in the uh 
outskirts of the actual terminal building yeah. now that that's up and going. So rental cars and administration are currently in the old terminal. Is that correct? That is. Okay. Yeah. Temporarily. All right. And so long term for the old terminal, do you do you have any like maybe a Brady Bunch museum or <laughs> uh, uh, tribute to uh, the 1970s? Now, now. <laughs> perfectly, perfectly restored, maintained. Yeah, actually, um, we are getting ready to remove the three double wide trailers that we have on the back um, in part because we need to take the old terminal back to its original footprint yeah Um, and so those three double wides will go away it also helps with the line of sight Mm. um, for planes that are landing so that they can actually see the new terminal and where the the boarding bridges did Mm -hmm. i say boarding bridges we have boarding bridges um are so that'll help with that line of sight but we do have plans for um the new terminal that is in the works and uh honestly i can't say a word Um, (laughs) we're still it's it's under wraps but i'm excited about some opportunities that we're looking at um for that space that i think will work really well out of that old building yeah um so I need to ask about Charlotte. Yes. Uh, is Are there plans still in the books for Charlotte? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And so. Charlotte's not the name of a woman that works right. out there. <laughs> it is a city in North Carolina that is a major transportation hub, especially Europe. Yes. Yeah. Uh, actually, a lot. Yeah. Uh, not only overseas, but um, for the SEC yeah. uh, conference and, and university for all the, the games and such. But um, yes, Charlotte is still in the works. Mm-hmm. Um, and right at... At the start of the pandemic in February of what year was that? Twenty nineteen? Nineteen. No, twenty twenty. Yep. Sorry about that. Right, God, yeah. it was a blur. Yeah, yeah. twenty. Yeah. Uh, February twenty twenty. We received a grant um, from the Department of Transportation, and um, that was to start twice daily service to Charlotte. Yeah. And so we still have that grant, and so we are still working with American Airlines, um, who's just been an absolutely great partner. Um, they like other airlines are you know still stabilizing their markets mm-hmm. um but we do fully expect to add charlotte um in the coming um i'd say year year plus so, so no one else is listening when i ask you this question uh mm-hmm. uh so has united come crawling back begging for forgiveness <laughs> actually we love united too great partner um they uh as everybody you know yeah. well i say everybody but uh many folks know um they did suspend service again mm-hmm. when the pandemic um impacts came to bear that yeah. year and columbia so. was not the only market so, to suffer oh no no you know, no we actually yeah, no, fared they, pretty well compared to most markets we did yeah and, we did so. but we continue to have conversations with united um and as i mentioned they did suspend service mm-hmm. um not exit the community um specifically so we do expect them to come back well if you watch watch the uh nightly news uh you know that uh airlines are having a tough time right now it's just uh it's complicated on so many levels mm-hmm. and so it's a uh, it's a tough time to be in the airline business so uh, that certainly affects things. Um, I was going to ask about uh, uh, anything else that I mean. Have you had fleet problems, uh, pilot shortages, anything that's affecting uh, on-time arrivals oh. and departures from from the airport? Good question. Um, we have talked in the past, and I think it's been um, fairly visible, you know, through the media about pilot shortages. Mm-hmm. I do think, um, following the pandemic, that especially in this last year, probably last six to eight months, the airlines really have turned the corner, you know, with their pilot shortages. Mm-hmm. So um, the good news is uh, they are starting to add in um, 
more flights, you know, adding to their schedule, uh, starting to look at communities that they can expand in, um, you know, given that the pilot shortage is minimized, yeah. you know, um, or becoming more minimized in that case. Um, fleet avail- availability, too. Um, I know quite a few airlines did, um, uh, you know, go through Boeing and some of the others, you know, mm-hmm. to purchase additional fleet. And those are uh, the planes are now starting to be delivered uh, mm-hmm. to the various airlines. So, again, I, I feel like um, especially come year end um, and going into this next year, um, it's a very positive sign how the airlines are, are coming out of the impacts to travel um, as well as um, staffing and um, fleet availability. So so when you and Mike yeah. Parks go to the uh, airline show, whatever mm-hmm. they call that, yeah. uh, what is it that you're telling people about uh, Columbia, Missouri these days? Uh, where are you are you telling them i mean are you showing them pictures of the new terminal are you talking about capacity what are you, what are you telling them yeah absolutely um all of those things we're super excited to share the new terminal mm-hmm. um the good news is is that quite honestly the airlines are very familiar mm-hmm. with columbia missouri okay. um we definitely have got great placement on the map when they look at fleet yeah. uh, management um columbia center of the state um you know pretty equal distant between st louis and um kansas city mm-hmm. and then of course on the u.s map um as far as managing fleet from the east coast to the west coast yeah. it's great to be in the center of yeah. the u.s so yeah. um so they're aware of that they look at passenger activity they look at what our top destinations are um we talk of course to the major airlines like american united delta um we're also talking to low fare carriers mm-hmm. um That's like, like the allegiant Correct. Allegiance, a good example. Mm -hmm. Um, Avello, uh, Breeze, all of those companies Mm. um, or airlines, they, um, you know, look at our leisure markets. They look at our business markets. And um, they might travel two days a week. Is that correct? Or or, the low fare carriers? Yes, exactly. Usually they've got twice or three times. service each week going yeah. to a very popular destination correct a yeah. leisure destination yeah. you, you that would be your air, las vegas yeah. your uh orlando. tampa tampa orlando yeah. kind of markets uh, the airport in belleville has a lot of that i think mm-hmm. uh, that's uh, and so that's sort of a similar comparison um what impact has the opening of the new kansas city airport had on our our have you have you seen any nope not a bit <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's got to i don't know i used to think i thought the old kansas city airport was the best airport in america yeah. But uh, they changed it and, and ruined it. But uh, what is there? Do you see? I mean, kind of talk about your trends. How, sure. how are you? Were doing some quick math earlier on your employment? I was. Yeah, yeah. I oh. was trying to <laughs> trying to calculate um, how many folks have flown out of COU out of the new terminal. Oh, okay. Since it opened in October, and I think we're north of about fifty thousand. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I, again, super excited. Mm-hmm. Um, at uh, the passengers. Um, but, um, you know, we recognize that um, based on flight schedules, availability, um, you know, those within our catchment area will fly, you know, through St. Louis as well as Kansas City. Yeah. Um, but certainly in our 17 county region, we get the bulk, you know, over half are flying COU. Yeah. Um, so I think um, those are very solid numbers. Yeah. We just ask that everybody always checks, um, yeah. you know, our flights out of COU, but um, they might, you know, may find a better deal or, or a flight that works better with their time frame. So yeah, I can tell you it's, it's no fun to fly out of st louis it's really it's it's just not a good airport yeah. and uh 
Um, I just sort of, and I think they're having a lot of talks about improving that, but but good for Columbia. Uh, yeah, we're excited. Our, yeah, that's our competition. Yeah, the biggest know? thing. I mean, we still have free parking, um, and it's convenient, right? Yeah, How sure many is. folks? I mean, we hear it every day. Um, gosh, when I land at COU, you know, I'm 10 minutes from my home, yeah. 20 minutes from my home, and you know. Uh, flying St. Louis or Kansas City, you've got that yeah. two, two and a half hour drive. So, and, and there are very few flights out of Kansas City or St. Louis that are direct flights. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, usually depending on where you're going, you have, there's a, there's, there's a stop. And yeah. so, uh, you're going to have a stop on, on, uh, COU unless you're going to mm-hmm. Chicago or Dallas. Right. Uh, but, uh, uh, but you do get home a lot quicker. So, yeah. Anyway. And yeah, just, um, you should do billboards like that or something like that. <laughs> They're sooner home faster. Yeah, there you go. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I want to uh, shift gears and talk about uh, uh, a recent opening that was in the news. Um, I keep hearing this Italian name, but uh, I, I refer oh. it as Swift Prepared Foods. Uh, but it is uh, here in Columbia. They mm-hmm. just opened. How many people did they end up uh, opening with in terms of employees? Yeah, great question. So mm-hmm. we just celebrated the ribbon cutting last week okay. uh, with the governor in the state. And um, so that was a $200 million wow. capital investment. Yeah. And if you haven't been out Route B, that facility is amazing. Mm. Um, quite a large building out there. Um, um, they've hired now a little over a hundred uh, employees, okay. and they do expect by the end of this year, uh, two hundred to two hundred and fifty. Yeah. All said, and they're making kind of a specialty Italian meat uh, that um, uh, pretty fancy Quite stuff. Yeah, right? it's called it's charcuterie. Charcuterie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, equally hard that. to. I was just going to say <laughs> <laughs> entrepreneurship, <Yeah>. charcuterie. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, they do. They make a variety of cured meats, mm-hmm. uh, cured Italian meats. Um, yeah. Specifically, so your pepperoni, salamis, copa, yeah. um, prosciutto. But, but when you think about the trickle down of a two hundred million dollar construction project in mm-hmm. our community, it's huge. It's absolutely, you know, huge. it's uh, yeah. g- ginormous. Um, and they also have a facility. The same company has a facility in Moberly. Is that correct? So Swift Prepare Foods, yes, they've yeah. got um, a plant in Moberly that produces bacon, uh, ready-to-eat mm-hmm. bacon. Yep. Yeah. Um, and again, this one here in Columbia is Italian meat. Yeah, it's a little so. more upscale than Moberly. So. Um, yeah, good. Um, and what do they call the plant here in Columbia? Good question. Yeah. It's Principe. Principe. Yes. Okay, very good. Yes. All right. Well, is that what it says on the side of the building? It will, yeah. Okay. The sign's not up yet. Okay. It wasn't up last week, but okay. uh, if it is up now, yes, that's okay. what it will say. Very good. All right. Uh, Jay, I feel sorry for you sitting over there all quiet and, and everything, but I, I want to talk to you a little bit about Startup Weekend because mm-hmm. that is one of the cooler things that I think happens in Columbia. When is Startup Weekend this year? Uh, we just had it in oh, March. Oh, it's over. Okay. We just very had good. it. All right. Um, but but uh, updates. Yeah. We will yeah. do updates. Yes, uh, please. Yeah. So the biggest update for me uh, is that four of the 12 finalists at Missouri Startup Weekend uh, were hub clients. Oh, uh, very cool. And so uh, I immediately texted Stacy uh, mm-hmm. as it was happening mm-hmm. to say, oh my gosh, like four of the 12 are, are hub clients. And yeah. then the eventual winner was a former hub client, a hub client who has moved on uh, with, with her uh, business as it was and who pitched and she was the overall winner of the whole thing. When we come back from this break, I want to talk about some of the previous winners sure. at Startup Weekend and then we'll talk about this year's winner and uh, uh, kind of what's next for them. Uh, we are visiting with Stacy Button, who is the president of Columbia's Re- Regional Economic Development, and Jay Sparks, who heads up that organization's entrepreneurship uh, programs. And uh, all of that and more is coming up next. we got a lot of good stuff for you coming in the third segment. This is the CEO Roundtable. You've been listening to 93.9 The Eagle.
This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. Welcome back to the CEO Roundtable show. This is our third and final segment. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in this weekend. Uh, lots of great things happening in economic development in our community. And, and uh, we were talking a little bit about Startup Weekend. And, and one of the very first uh, winners of Startup Weekend, maybe the first, was a company called Zapier mm-hmm. that um, not many people in Colombia know much about, but it's a big company. It is a big company. Yeah, and it started at Startup Weekend. Yep, uh, a CS major at Missouri at Mizzou uh, rolled over to Startup Weekend with a buddy and pitched a company that a tech company that could use uh, the API for existing websites and and apps and connect them together and and let you manipulate how those things would talk to each other a little bit uh, mm-hmm. in between that gray space between them. Uh, uh, and uh, gosh, uh, nine, nine, ten years later, and seven billion dollar valuation later, seven billion dollars. Uh, yeah. yeah, Wade Foster and Zapier. Another uh, winner of Startup Weekend was a little company called Equipment Share. Little mm-hmm. little company. Yep. I don't know if everybody's heard of them, but yeah. uh, two two <laughs> brothers went to uh, went to Startup Weekend with an idea, um, and they actually during that weekend they actually called a, a, a large construction firm, found a piece of equipment that wasn't being used over the weekend, mm-hmm. called a small construction firm that could use it, yeah. had it transferred to them. The small construction company used it and shipped it back, and they actually completed a transaction during Startup Weekend, oh, uh, which cool. is one of the reasons they won. Yeah. Very cool. All right, so um, I had the uh, the great opportunity to go a couple of years ago. Uh, my son was participating, and I and I got to see the opening night and the closing uh, presentations, and and I was just really blown away by the level of support uh, mm-hmm. for entrepreneurs and just sort of the people that get involved and they really try to uh, encourage that type of activity and and uh, sort of lend their expertise to it and and so what what happens next for the people who won this weekend's competition I mean does this typically open some doors for them Oh yeah, very much so. Um, I, I know that multiple of the finalists who did not win uh, are continuing their business. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, several of them have joined the hub since Startup Weekend has wow. ended. Okay, um, so that that's another uh, uh, influx for us. Um, so so even the ones who don't win often continue that 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 project. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the winner uh, gets a package from Scale, um, who is the company that uh, that kind of put that on. That's one of uh, Equipment Share's founders' uh, mm-hmm. uh, pieces into that, that startup ecosystem. Yeah. Um, and uh, and scale and so offers. that's sort of a, a kind of a localized version of venture capital. Is that correct? Yep. Okay, yep. And, good. and so they put uh, they put together a package for the winner that includes the legal founding of, of this this idea mm. um, and some backing and some branding and a bunch of stuff and and kind of get them off on the right foot. Last year's winner was Appreciate.io. Uh, Nick Farquhar and a group put together uh, a, a real estate credit score, kind of a, a, a rental rental piece credit score that has mm. pivoted several times, uh, but they are in their first they're they're in their seed round of funding now so mm. so they've been a very successful first year yeah and then so tell us about this year's winner what what is what type of business is that crystal graves awesome. uh, former hub client uh, who's owned a salon for years and years and years mm. around this area um, she pitched all hair academy and so mm. it is an online portal for training and technical hair care for all hair types mm-hmm. all, all different hair types from very very straight to the most uh crunchy coily and and yeah. and, cr- and curled hair um and how would you describe your hair type uh bald oh, okay uh, gone. <laughs> uh, uh 
Yes. It was chia. Just, just curious. Chia was how I Bob described Ross. it. When I had it, it was chia. Yeah. Yes. People used um, to mistake you for Bob Ross all the time. Um, and, and so it has the technical training, but it also yeah. has the business training. Um, some of her stats were incredible. Uh, 80, over 80% of salons fail in the first 18 months. Oh. Um, mm. and, and so when you look at that, Putting the business training together so that if someone's starting a salon, they get the business training and the technical training for their employees, mm-hmm. maybe themselves as well. Then if they do find success and they want to elevate someone to a manager, maybe one of their employees, they're going to get the same business training that the owner got by going through this portal. Mm-hmm. And so you create a consistent piece that allows them to, to move forward. It's a wonderful idea. I'm so happy for Crystal. Um, I saw her the other day and she's been so busy uh, since that since that good happened. for her. Yeah. That's great. Well, good. All right. So uh, a new another new development that's coming along, something you guys have been working on, is something called the Sharp End Shops. And so, Stacy, do you mind giving our listeners who don't know just a little bit of history about the Sharp End? Yes, and actually, can we um, correct the terminology? Oh. It's, <laughs> it's the shops at Sharp End. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, the that's okay. I, I, I dare to All correct right. you on air. Sorry about that, Fred. <laughs> I'll get even. Don't you so, worry. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, the Sharp End, actually, where Reddy's offices are located today mm-hmm. on that block on Walnut Street between 5th and 6th Street um, used to be really the heart of the Sharp End. Uh-huh. And that's where um, most all of the black-owned businesses uh, were located at that mm-hmm. time. And um, really in its heyday, it just, um, these were vibrant businesses. There was um, just just a strong community culture uh, mm-hmm. that um, was located in that area. And... Um, through the the course of history, there was uh, urban renewal, mm-hmm. uh, which mm-hmm. really um, took away those businesses mm-hmm. and that area. And so, um, ready in conjunction with CMCA as well as downtown CID, mm-hmm. um, we have had this idea um, that's been percolating for a little while. And um, at last week's board meeting, Ready Board Meeting, we talked about this new project that we want to put in at the corner of Fifth and Walnut, mm-hmm. um, which used to be the old uh, Taj Mahal restaurant. Yep. Mm-hmm. And also for a couple of years, we had the temporary location for Como Cooks, right. a shared commercial kitchen. We've now transitioned that off to the loop in the permanent location. Um, so we're looking at that vacant space on that corner. And um, so our plan is to put put together a retail incubator um, and provide a shared space for uh, retail startups. Hmm. And so we're super excited about that because it is going to combine, again, the history of the Sharp End, uh, really embracing the rich and vibrant history um, of what that once was. Um, And in an effort to um, help startups, those that are uh, specifically in retail, Mm -hmm. um, that have goods uh, that they would like to sell and provide that space, you yeah. know, that uh, gathering space, that shared space. So is it pop-up space or is this like permanent fixtures for, for different uh, products? And so really forth? good question. So uh-huh. it's actually, the program itself, it's, it's, uh, it's got two different facets to it. Um, first of all, um, in the spirit of Jay and the work that his team does, um, is provide programming. So we'll have workshops and trainings, everything about, you know, merchandising, how to display, knowing your customer, how to sell online versus in a brick and mortar, mm-hmm. understanding how to lease space. Um, so they'll go through those workshops and trainings. And then when they have, um, enough inventory established, um, they'll be able to sell 
sell their products and their wares in this space mm. itself. Yeah. Um, and again, we're going to reduce that barrier to entry. It is a very nominal fee mm-hmm. um, that over the course of time, um, whether that's six months, 12 months, two years, um, hopefully they'll be able to scale their product, their offerings, um, and um, work to grow uh, their business yeah. in that space. Very cool. And yeah, we definitely, we've got multiple goals um, associated with that. One in particular is that it will have at least 51% minority-owned mm-hmm. businesses mm-hmm. Um, in that space. So, yeah. Um, so, you know, the pandemic was was really just devastating to a lot of retail. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and I exactly. think that you sort of have seen our downtown business district evolve over the years. We've lost some good retail, mm-hmm. you know, with with banks expanding and other right. you know non retail things going into those those spaces whether it's law offices or whatever but but it'll be nice to see some new retail activity mm-hmm. uh, in the exactly. heart of our business community yeah. so yeah uh, yeah and that's the idea again um, as these um, retail startups grow and get established then yes you know hopefully yeah. they'll relocate in downtown or other areas of town yeah. Um, I'm guessing that uh, you'll be able to find some, I mean, this is probably not going to be mass-produced stuff. This is probably going to be some fairly unique gift items, I guess, that people would be able to find. Correct, yeah. yeah. It, it could be anything from clothing to jewelry mm-hmm. to home you know, home goods, that yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah. So. I think if you're looking for kind of a, a comp, maybe kind of a poppy, because you never, oh, yeah. when you go into a poppy, you don't know whose stuff you're necessarily buying. There yeah. might be two or three creator stuff all on one table, yeah. but you like the look of it and you pick one up and you think, oh, this is what I'm going to take. And when you get up to the register, you you buy it, you pay poppy, but yeah. they're, they're taking care of yeah. all of the folks. Yeah. It's going to be very similar to that, um, yeah. but it's going to it's gonna be with this location and this yeah. tie-in. Yeah. yeah, and the backing of having the business coaching yes. yeah. you know, involved with that as well. Um, and the sharp his, or the sharp end history. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yeah, that's, yeah. That's so great. we really want it to be an experience for the customers that come in. Yeah. Uh, we got a couple minutes left here. Uh, is there anything else that's coming along uh, the pike that we ought to be talking about that's in for, as far as uh, ready or uh, entrepreneurship in our community? That's a really good question. Um, I think what comes to <laughs> I mind know it is. <laughs> um, as we close out, yeah. um, the Source Summit has been putting oh, yeah. together. Yeah. Um, uh, the transportation program for the Route B corridor. Yeah. Um, and so I think they're working, uh, they're really close to getting their first shuttle launched yeah. for that. So tell us about the Source Summit. I know they had a, uh, um, they had a booth at our Christian men's conference a few weeks ago and I, but I don't know much about what they mm-hmm. do. Yeah, the Source Summit, really, it's um, an effort, community-wide effort that was established, I think, originally through the faith-based community, mm-hmm. um, and uh, really pulling together individuals um, that are interested, you know, in partif- particular aspects about economic development mm-hmm. and about, um, you know, what the needs are across the community. So one of them is the Transportation Initiative. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, any update on the maker spaces that we have in town? Uh, or is anything? I know that you got Como Cooks uh, is up and running on yep. Business Loop now, and uh, I know that uh, Mobile Area Community College had a had a space. Oh, the Mac Lab. Yeah, yeah. Is that something that mm-hmm. is uh, still flourishing uh, in our community? Absolutely, okay. for sure, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I believe um, Hawthorne Bank uh, Small Business Committee is having uh, a Maker's Fair uh, mm-hmm. April 29th down at the South Hawthorne location. Okay, so that's one of those places you can come see that that community out in 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 full force. Uh, yeah. have the tents out in the parking lot of oh, the, really? the the South Hawthorne yeah. uh, on on that Saturday morning. Okay, what's the date of that again? April 29th. April 29th. Yep. Very good. And uh, Jay, uh, is there room if it, somebody has an interest in maybe becoming a part of the hub? Can you take more clients? Um, yes. The answer to that is always yes. Okay. Uh, we will always figure it out and make it work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, readyhub.org. 
uh, gets you real close on the yeah. website, gets you gets you right in the right spot, yeah. and you can learn way more about what's going on. And uh, yeah, happily reach out. Love to talk to folks. Yeah, and it's pretty affordable, right, to become it's, a member. It is pretty affordable. Um, in fact, I'll give you your money back if you're not satisfied <laughs> okay. because it is zero dollars oh, per month. Yes. Very good. Okay. All right. Well, I was like, where can, were you going with that? Yeah. I think you can uh, free. It, yeah. Well, it didn't. It didn't used to be free, right? Not used to be free. That's no. right. Okay. Yes. So, yep. Well, that's good. So yes. uh, you can Remo- give it away like the best of them. Jay. That's Remo- good. Removing barriers. We like to call <laughs> it. We like to call yeah. it removing barriers. Absolutely. And um, I, the other thing that's kind of nice about the hub is that uh, you're sort of the collaboration that takes place, and and it's not necessarily planned or intentional, but it just happens. And uh, uh, you can be sitting next to somebody that has walked a mile in your shoes uh, just uh, very recently. Yeah, very much so. And and you just you you the more collisions you have, bad in aerospace, great in in entrepreneurship. You, yeah. you the more collisions you have, the more likely you are to achieve escape velocity. Um, so highly recommend it. Yeah, well that's great. So 130, 130 businesses. Come be come be one thirty one. Yeah, that's right. Being being part of the uh, the the hub there. So well, uh, great work, guys. There's a lot of exciting things that are happening uh, at Ready and and down at the hub and and uh, through all your different programs. And excited to hear about what you're. Doing with uh, refugees, and so uh, Stacy Button, who is the president of Regional Economic Development, Jay Sparks, Entrepreneurship Coordinator. Thank you for joining us. You bet. Thank you. Great to have you. Appreciate it. We'll be back next weekend with another stellar edition of the CEO Roundtable. I'm Fred Perry signing off. You've been listening to 93.9 The Eagle. This city is my city, and I love it. Yeah, I love.